This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back, Cherries fans, to this latest Opposition Preview show. So, after our win on a Thursday night, on a Thursday night against Swansea City, we now have another game on a Thursday night against West Ham. This might be something that we have to get used to next season. Fingers crossed. European trips. Moldova away. You never know. You never know. But, of course, we are playing a team that have been spending a lot of times on Thursday nights travelling all around Europe. So much so that they won it last season. Winners of the Europa Conference League. And, of course, have done pretty well in the Europa League as well. That team is West Ham United. And West Ham, of course, were the first visitors here this season. Um, in a one-all draw at Dean Court. Of course, that was early days for Iriola, um, and a lot has changed since then. Um, for the Hammers, though, they sit in sixth place, and a lot has changed for them as well, because last season, it was a little bit doom and gloom up at the London Stadium. Well, let's find out a little bit more about West Ham. David Moyes... Of course, James Ward-Prowse is going to score a free kick against us, probably. Um, and it is a pleasure to welcome onto Up the Cherries in all departments, Lewis. Welcome to the show, Lewis. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks, mate. All good. Yourself? Yeah, very, very well. And looking forward to this Thursday game. To be honest, we're not used to this. But, um, of course, we played last Thursday um, because of Swansea in the Cup and it being on S4C of all channels. Um, and we got another Thursday game, but you're quite used to this, aren't you? We are, mate, yeah. Yeah, it's the last three seasons we've been we've been playing on Thursdays. But the problem is with Thursdays is you've obviously got, then got to play Sundays, so, which um, is a nightmare for some fans. Yeah. yeah, we we have we have we rarely get a Saturday, you know, Saturday kickoff now. Yeah, I know. It's it's strange, you know, that um if we got into Europe, which is an absolute dream for this football club, um, that, that could be what we could be encountering next season. But I'll tell you what, let's start off 
with that conference league win. What was that like? Well, fantastic, man. I mean, I'm I'm 45 years of of age, and I was two when we won the um, FA Cup in 1980. So for me to win, you know, yes, we've won playoff finals and stuff, and we've we have won like the Intertoto Cup years ago. So we have kind of won um, trophies, but I think the way it was, you know, last minute, um, Fiorentina were kind of the favourites for it, um, and to score in the last minute like Bowen, and as soon as he went through, I kind of you just kind of knew he was going to score because he's great in them positions. Um, it was fantastic, and then you kind of think, actually, you know, last minute here, we're we're going to win this. Um, they've got no chance now. Um, because you know, with David Moyes, you know he's a very negative manager. So, of course, he's going to throw throw everyone on and park the bus. So, we kind of knew that we'd kind of won it at that stage. But it's it's fantastic, mate. I actually didn't think I'd ever see us win a trophy in my in my lifetime. So, I know a lot of people, you know, call it tin pot and whatever. A lot of other fans and stuff. But I'll take it. I'll take it any day of the week. It's it's, it's a cup at the end of the day. And I was actually in a bar watching that game and. The, the noise was just electric around me. You know, it's, you know, a lot of people go on about Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, but West Ham have got such a big following. And do you feel that beforehand they, they've been a sleeping giant for just way too long? Yeah, I think I think we, we obviously get a lot of opposition fans saying we're not a big club, etc. But um we are we are you know we're getting to to be a big club now because um obviously the stadium etc so you know we can fill it you know there is most games we are filling it now so uh, whether that's tourists that come along etc as well but you know we are you know near enough there for you know pushing seventy thousand. um by the time you know they they want to build on it and, and get more fans in there so you know and we will fill that as well so and if we can get european football as well then you know, it'll keep the crowds coming back. No doubt. And as a as somebody who's got a lot of relatives and a lot of family members that are West Ham fans, um, you know, I know the passion, you know, of the Hammers fans. You know, Upton Park was, you know, an amazing stadium to go and visit. Going on to the London Stadium, do you just feel that sometimes, do you feel that the atmosphere is a little bit devoid in there or has been a little bit devoid compared to Upton Park, which was, you know, a traditional great stadium? Do you wish you rewind and go back to those days? Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's still a lot of fans that, um, there's one guy who used to sell a fanzine outside the ground and he's never set foot in the London Stadium. He said as soon as... Um, Upton Park's gone. That's it. That's it for me. So, and a lot of other fans feel the same. But yes, there is a lot of there is a lot of times when games it is extremely quiet in there. Um, a lot of fans are saying it because it's David Moyes' football. That's the reason why. Um, because we have got the exciting players, so you know there should be an atmosphere there. Um, but you know there is games when I guess it it depends on the opposition as well. Um, you know, if you're if we're playing Burnley or someone at home or Sheffield United, like we have done, you know, that it has been very, very quiet. Um, it's it is a struggle to get a, an atmosphere in that stadium. Um, and I can see why a lot of people don't like it. It is horrendous at times, especially if you're sat right in the back. Um, and you do need your binoculars. Um, but it is what it is. We you know we've we've had to move, you know, we would all want to go back if we could. Um 
you know, the owners have said, you know, we'll move, you know, we'll we'll start throwing money about, etc. Yes, with you know, they've backed David Moyes and stuff, but they've not given him the money that um we were promised. You know, we were promised top four Champions League football when we moved, and obviously we've come as close as the European uh, Europa League. So um at the moment we're gonna have to go with that. But the stadium is, yeah, I think if we could all knock it down and, and rebuild another one or go back, then I would probably say 99% would, would want to return to Upton Park. No, fair enough, fair enough. And, you know, from being going there myself, you know, it is that atmosphere of that old ground. And, you know, it's just... It's like your stadium, you know. It's, yeah. What do you hold? Is it 11 and a half? Yeah, it's a... Well, it's about eleven really now. Um, with all, but, but it's so it's so close net, isn't it? It's you know, it's close to the the pitch, and that's what you want. You want to yeah. intimidate the away fans, etc. And it's also, you know, if we moved, you know, the lucky thing that we've got is that we've got the training ground, which is on the same site. So okay. what the plan is going to be is to build on the training ground and keep it in the same location. You know, if we were to move away from that location, which was muted a couple of times, I just don't think it would be the same, especially if it was a bit of an out-of-town ground. And, you know, that would be a real shame for me. But I mean, is, I there, is there plans to, to rebuild, um, to build onto your stadium, or is there not? Uh... It's all up in the air, but from what I've heard, it's going to be a brand-new stadium. That's what I've heard. Um Eddie Mitchell did turn around and, you know, the former chairman said that, you know, when he was in charge, there was plans to get it up to 22,000, which would have been just building on all four sides. And would you be able to feel that? I think we probably could at the moment. The only danger is if we are relegated. That Mm -hmm. is my biggest concern is, you know, if, some fans have gone a little bit wild and said, wow, let's build 37. No, 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 no. If we build 37, there's no way that we will feel that. You know, in the Premier League for, you know, big visits, teams like yourself, to be honest, I think, you know, fans will come. You know, if we're playing somebody like Burnley and Sheffield United, no disrespect to them, we're not going to fill it. And definitely not in the Championship. So, I think what they're doing is sensible, but I would rather they keep the old stadium and just build onto it, do it stand by stand um, and gradually build it up to what we want it to be, Um, which 22,000, I think, you know, would be just fine for the future. But you did mention there as well, Lewis, um, about David Moyes. And he's a little bit of a Marmite character, isn't he, at West Ham? And... But he's done so well when you think that what was come before him, you know, I think he's done a pretty decent job. He has done a decent job. And I think we can all see that. Even the the Moyes outs like myself can see the job he's done and three years of European competitions pushing for a fourth. Mm-hmm. I think for, for a lot of fans, it's um, the style of football. You know, we're playing... Sheffield United the other week and um you know he's he's setting up to defend and, and play for a point when a lot of other managers would be going for it. Yeah. Um and I think that's the problem with a lot of the fans. There is obviously inside um the club and um he's has upset a few players, Ben Rama, 
has gone backwards for nails and that looks it looks like they'll both be sold this this window um players have gone or regressed under him uh, and that is the problem you know if 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 he doesn't if you're not part of the first team he will out you and there has been occasions when he, he just won't speak to them or he'll just completely disregard them and they'll end up in the reserves or um just not playing um and ben rama you know last year was was decent four nails has been decent up till up until this season um but that is the problem with david moyes um and i think uh, along with the negativity uh, style of play etc and, and the way he conducts himself to players and stuff i think that's why a lot of fans do want him out one thing that i you know encountered last season and to be honest I was a little bit destroyed by some of the fan base here because there was a lot of people on Gary O'Neill's side, but a lot of people against him, believe it or not, even though I thought he did a fantastic job in keeping this football club up. But the big thing is that style of football. And when you go to football, you go to be entertained. But the danger as well, though, Lewis, is... You could play fantastic football, but we've seen teams play fantastic football and then get relegated. Um, would you not think that, you know, by being a little bit more, you know, cautious like Moyes is, that that might be a good way for West Ham? Yeah, I think there is always that worry, isn't there, that, you know, we could have a manager that plays the style of football like yours. Yeah. You know, fantastic football, and you could be sniffing with relegation for for a year or two. So you've always got that worry. You know, you kind of white out. Do you want David Moyes and the negativity football, um, but finishing top seven and pushing for Europe, or do you want this? You know, like West Ham have always been. You know, players like Alan Devonshire, and you know, we've had managers that we played superb football, and of course, the older generation have seen that. Yeah. You know, David Moyes comes along and. Um, you know, it's complete opposite. And there is always that worry that, you know, because at the moment we don't know whether Moyes is staying, his contract's up in the summer. So we're kind of like, call it call it quits sort of thing. And then obviously someone in to stay because they are worried, like I say, that we could scrap a relegation. And unfortunately with West Ham, you know, we'll have a season or a good season or a bad season. Um, and then, you know, we'll flirt with relegation and then we'll have a good season. And then, so there there is always that worry. Um, but you know, we've got to move forward at some stage. Moyes is not going to be here forever, so um, like your manager's fantastic, I think. You know, he was wrapped one game from being sacked, and look how he's turned it around. So, someone like that would be would be ideal. Obviously, he's not, you know, he needs more Premier League experience, but um, Xabi Alonso for me would have been the number one, but it looks like he's going to Liverpool, so but we'll, we'll have to move on at some stage. I've got to be honest, you know, I was one of those fans, you know, when <laughs> Iriola was going through that bad stage. And um, you've known me long enough now, Lewis, that I was very much like something needs to happen. I even reverted to Jesse Marsh as an option. Wow. You know, not that I really wanted Jesse Marsh, but because I thought we're not winning games, you know, we're not getting anywhere playing this style of football and then all of a sudden it just clicked against Burnley and we went on that fantastic run that's you know got us into a position where we're actually thinking maybe actually 
we get European spot. It's crazy. Football fans are fickle, aren't they? But um, with regards to the European um, dream this year, it looks like it's going pretty well, isn't it? Yeah, obviously we're into knockout stages, and it's always good to you know to finish top of the top of the group in Europe because you don't have to uh, you don't have to play till March then. So obviously we've yeah. got another month before that, um, and we've got no qualifying to get through um, over two legs to to progress. But obviously the teams that are down there are obviously the ones that come in from the Champions League plus the the, the big teams that are in there anyway. So it's a case of who we're going to draw and and what we'll uh, come up against. But looking at the results so far, and it's only Olympiacos who have actually gone into the Conference League. Um, you've won every game apart from that. And that was in Greece as well. Um, conceding only three goals. You know, it's been pretty impressive. And could there be, you know, another European triumph on the cards? I I, I can't see us winning the Europa. And I said that right at the start of the season. I said that with the... Um... The opposition that's going to be in that league is going to be very tough. I mean, I expected more teams. I thought Newcastle would probably end up finishing third and going down in it. But um, I think Europa League is probably going to be... It depends on the January window and who he brings in. Obviously, you've got Kelvin Phillips now. Um, but there is talk that he's going to sell Cornet to Forrest. Ben Rahman's going to go. Fornells is going to go. And he's not going to bring anyone in. So... This is the problem he had a couple of years ago when we tried to get top four and we were we were we're up there top four, top five. He kept flogging the same players like Dawson, um, who was absolutely shattered um game after game. And that is again, that's another a moist thing. He will play the same players week in, week out. Um, he'll flog them into the ground and they just can't continue and we'll end up falling away, and that is the problem. Um so obviously, if we can win the Europa, we'll get straight into the Champions League, um, which is great. Obviously, I would have taken Conference League again because it's a it's a weaker uh, competition, and I'd love to have gone and win it again. I think Villa will probably win it this year. They've got a really good chance. Um, I can't. I can probably see quarterfinals for us. Obviously, depending on who we get, but for me, quarterfinals at best. No, fair enough. Um... One thing I did say, actually, in one of the previews last season, because if we rewind our minds back to that game at Dean Court, which West Ham, you know, you blew us off the park, 4-0. You know, it was a fantastic performance from West Ham. We weren't particularly good that day, but, you know, I'd rather give you credit than, you know, say that we were absolutely terrible because, you know, it was a good, good performance. But before that game... I did, you know, have quite a few conversations and a lot of it was around there's too much focus on Europe. The players are very, very tired, you know, and but this season it seems to be the reversal because West Ham are in Europe, already done very, very well in a stronger competition and a sixth in the league. What do you think has been the difference this season um i don't know really um obviously we've gone out of the fa cup an, an early earlier round and as much as we wanted a, a a cup run you know with the league cup we you know got against liverpool you know and he, he played a weekend side um he um 
you know, it's, it's you know, probably in a way, it's probably best we did go out and then competitions because um, we just haven't got the squad to, you know, to play in Europe, play in the league, and then two other competitions. So um, he has brought in extra um, backroom staff. Obviously, we've we've got um, much better players now, Kudos, etc., or Caduce. Um and I think he's probably changed the thing. I think he's probably um, gone on previous years and realised that he's probably done things a bit wrong. Um, and he's tried to change things up a little bit, I think. And obviously, like I say, he's bringing, brought in some some different coaches and stuff. So um, that kind of has helped at times. Um, but, you know, we, we are going to fall away, I think. I still think we're going to fall away and we're going to probably finish top 10 would be... It's still a good season. I'm still be happy with that. You know, if we can get to a semi-final, maybe or even a final, and take tenth, then great. But um, top seven would be even better. You know, I take again conference league football again next season. And to be honest, I could see you. I, I can see you finishing in the European spots. I can it see. Depends you how, it depends how Calvin Phillips does. Um, mm. You know, with a whole package in it, with his wages, his loan fee, the bonuses. Yeah. It works out, bearing in mind he's only there for four, four months, it works out about 500 grand a week. Mm. Um, so he's he's got he's got to, you know, pull his finger out and do well for us because, you know, we just got to hope, he, you know, he can be a bit injury prone at times. We just got to hope that he, he doesn't pick up an injury out for two months because it's a hell of a, um, a lot of money to spend. It's not a position we really needed to, to buy, to be honest. Yeah. Again, it's a David Moyes negative let's buy a defensive midfielder rather than go for a striker, which we need. Um, and that is the issue. You know, there's now talk that Alvarez is either going to be shifted to centre-back or he's going to be out on the bench, where, whereas Suchek is as good as he is in the air and he does pop up with with goals now and again. Um, he can be a passenger in games. You know, he, he can go in you know, first half and he'll, he'll make like four passes. Um, he can be effective at times, but a lot of fans would like to see Alvarez, James Ward-Prowse and Kelvin Phillips in there and drop Suchek. But he seems to be like a Fellaini, you know, because Moyes love Fellaini, yeah. Everton and and and, he, uh, and Man United. And he, he kind of sees Suchek along them lines and he never dropped Fellaini. So I can't see him dropping Suchek. But obviously, then I'm worried about Alvarez because, you know, he's a he's a little terrier. You know, he, can, he does get booked quite a bit. And I yeah. think that's what's frustrating Moyes because we normally have quite a good disciplinary record. Um, I didn't get any sendings off last season. And I think he's getting a bit frustrated with Alvarez um, getting booked uh, quite a few times. And I think, you know, obviously because it can cost you games, you know, you get one book in, you know, in the 10th minute, you've got to go 80 minutes then and, you know, being careful, etc. But, um yeah, it's not a position. Calvin Phillips is great. Don't get me wrong; it's a great signing, yeah. and you know, also loads of shirts, and it'll bring the bring the crowds in again. But it's not a position we really needed. We needed a striker because Antonio has been out for what four months. Um, he's been playing Gerard Bowen up there, and he's not he's not a striker. He can do the job, yeah. um, but we've seen at times, you know, he switches him back out on the wing, and we're much more effective. Um, Danny Ings is not going to. You know, gets the goals. Unfortunately, you know he's on 125 grand a week, so no one's going to take him off of us for that money. How he ever got that contract, I don't know. Um, but so we're just we've stuck with what we've got. But why Moyes doesn't go for strikers is 
beggar's belief, really, because he, apart from Skamaka, he's not really gone and bought anyone, and that's the frustrating thing. I can remember Ringsy when he was here. Um, very, very good player, but, you know, very young at the time and, of course, got snapped up quite quickly. But um, let's mention about somebody who former fans are all too familiar with. Um, probably for the wrong reasons, because he played for that lot down the M27. And that's James Ward-Prowse. He had very big, big shoes to fill, of course, in um, in, in, I'm sorry to mention his name, but Declan Rice leaving the club. But Ward Prowse hasn't done too badly, has he? No, he's 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 got a fair few assists now. We're still waiting for that first free kick goal. Um, us fans have kind of joked about it and said it'd be typically he'll join and he'll never score a free kick again. I think a lot of teams are learning now that you can't give free kicks in these positions. Because he doesn't really get that many chances from free kicks. He might get the odd one in, you know, three or four games. Um, but he doesn't get half as many as he did at Southampton. So I think a lot of teams are learning now, um, unfortunately. But he's, I was delighted with the signing. I thought it was a great signing. It's, it's, not just, it's not just what he does on the pitch. He's a great role model off of it. You know, you won't see him like Rashford going to nightclubs and getting in trouble, etc. So he, he um, brings a... a it, it brings a, a lot of happiness and joy to the the dressing room as well. So, um, but his his set pieces have been fantastic, and we've got a hell of a lot of goals this season from his corners. Um, like I say, it'd be lovely for him to pop up with a free kick. But no, I'm delighted we've got him. I just hope he's not going to be dropped for Kelvin Phillips. Well, it's going to be sod's law because I'm sure he's probably going to score a free kick against us. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. He seems to, you know, well, he did enjoy scoring them against us. Um, but yes. Um, well, do, you, do you remember, do you remember Pyatt scored that free kick against you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, he was a fantastic player. Paqueta, um, of course, is an outstanding and I'm hoping he's going to be back as well. So for Thursday, this talk, yeah. he's going to be back. So Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> from our perspective, um, but Paqueta, absolutely outstanding, outstanding player and somebody who I think, you know, without Paqueta in the side, you know, West Ham don't take... It took him a little while to get going, didn't it, really, at the start? Yeah, it did. Yeah, we were kind of... You know, what have we bought here? You know, he's cost us over 50 million. Um, and is he actually worth that? Obviously, transitioned into the Premier League um, a lot faster and he was taking a lot more kicks to the ankle, etc. So once he, you know, 
um, found his feet. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. There has obviously been games when, you know, he's been completely anonymous and then he'll pop up, um, you know, with 10 minutes to go and he'll, he'll either, like the European final where he just played that ball through to Gerard Bowen, you know, he, he, he's he got that in his in his locker. Um, he can do that. And I think that's why we love him because, you know, like I say, he can go 85 minutes with doing nothing and then play the perfect ball or um, dummy some player and... and t- taking completely out of the game, etc. So he's wonderful and it'd be a shame to to lose him to City. But obviously the betting scandals, etc., you know, that could take a good 18 months. So um he has got an 85 million pound clause in there, but you see you're not going to go in for him um until this is all um he's been found not guilty, guilty, etc. So hopefully for another 18 months he's going to be with us. Yeah. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed for you guys, you know, um, because, well, let's be honest, Man City can buy everybody, can't they? But mm. the defence hasn't been too bad at all, really, for West Ham. Um, you know, the goal difference isn't that big, but at the same time, you know, defensively, been fairly solid. Yeah, um, Aguero's not turned out to be the, the Rolls-Royce defender we were hoping for. And Moyes, Moyes chased him for three years and I think he's realised that he can't really um, do it in this league, um, which is unfortunate. And, um, you know, when you're chasing a player there, you think he's going to be perfect for you. And it turns out that he's got a few errors in him. Um, and now there's clubs in Saudi. So when he comes back from the AFCON, hopefully... Um, He'll either stay, which we want him to stay, and he'll start performing again, or um, we'll have to be sold. Um, and Zuma, has, his knees have gone. Um, personally, I think he's only got a couple of years left before he retires because his both his knees are absolutely shot to pieces. He, he doesn't. He rarely. He's like a Ledley King. He rarely trains um, because he just can't do it. Someone watched a video the other day of him doing some some sort of jumps in training. And he, he was um, told not to do it because his knees yeah. are that bad. Um, and so someone said he's, he's like he's running um, a nappy full of crap. You know, the way he runs sometimes with his legs, etc. Because he, yeah. he does, he kind of does run like he's got a nappy full. Um, as good he is as again, you know, he's, he's um, if you've got a player like Dominic Solanke, who's got a bit of pace on him and you he's got no chance of, of catching him up. So... Um, Emerson's been great for us at left-back, um, attacking left-back. He's been brilliant. He's been a great find. Um, and he's kind of won every European trophy now as well. So, And Kufal, still kind of 50-50 on him. He hasn't got the pace, but he can he can put in a great ball sometimes. But I think we still need a um, a backup or, a you know, for next season, we're going to have to try and find a proper right-back who's got pace. Um, can get back, etc., because we can get quite exposed. And I am worried about Dom Solanke on Thursday um, against our lot. Um, we've got Mavropanos in there, who's again been hit and miss. Scored a, you know, played a blinder at Arsenal, scored, and then um, he's, you know, against uh, Bristol City in a cup, he's made a howler. Didn't play too well. He scored an own goal at uh, Brentford earlier in the season, um, and didn't didn't have a great game at Sheffield United. So. And, of course, we've got Ogbonna there as well, but he's 35 and he can only play now and again, really. So, yeah, I think if we can find a decent centre-half next year, 
um, obviously depending on whether Moyes is here or not, then be a shame to see someone like Zuma go because I think he's been brilliant yeah. for us. But again, you know, he's he's not going to last much longer. And Aguered, I think this this league's just too much for him. Looking at the fixtures in the Premier League, you know, you have only had one defeat since the start of November. Um, that one defeat, though, was at Craven Cottage. And, you know, I remember watching watching that game. And from a West Ham perspective, what did you make of it? Because it was a bit of a shambles, really, wasn't it? it was terrible. And even like I said, Mavropanis, he had a really bad game that game as well. And he played Og Bonner, who's, again, you know, he just can't do it against certain teams. Um, he kind of put out a, a kind of weaker side against that Fulham game because we had the the Liverpool game coming up in the cup, which he ended up playing a kind of weaker side again anyway. But um, what a terrible performance. I mean, we we always beat Fulham home and away. So I kind of knew at some stage, you know, we're going to end up losing to him. But I didn't expect us to roll over as much as that and, and get battered, it's considering they scored, you know, they won 5 nil the week before as well. Um, very disappointed with that with that performance. Um, okay, we've gone and beaten Arsenal after that. So, but we have got this in us where we can just, you know, totally roll over, uh, get absolutely um, annihilated, and then uh, turn up next week and be absolutely brilliant. The only thing is, again, with David Moyes, is a five nil for us is very rare. You know, yeah. we don't normally tend to, or we'll have one or two a season, and that will be it. Um, we don't really tend to concede too many with him, and but that five was. You know, they're not a great Fulham side. You know, without Mitrovic, I didn't, you know, I couldn't see him scoring that many goals this year. But, you know, they scored 10 in two games then. Um, but they are a decent side. Like you said, um, you beat Arsenal after that. You beat Manchester United, Chelsea. You've beaten Spurs this year. So there's a lot of quality in the West Ham side. Um you did mention there, you know, a top 10 finish would be a good season for West Ham. You know, if it's any lower than that, you know, surely, even if Moyes does want to stay on, do you think that his time is up? Again, I think it depends on um, where we finish. I think if he can get, if he does get us into Europe for a fourth side, uh, fourth time, then I, I can see him staying. But mm. it may be a rolling contract whether he'll accept that is another thing. But um, I think the board are completely torn about what to do. Um, they, they know that fans are not happy. They also appreciate that there is fans that are moising and for what he's done for us. And had we not won that competition last year, he would have, he would have gone. Um, and that's kind of saved him. Um, and it saved him, it potentially will save him again next season. Um, again, I will take 10th if it means a, a semi-final or a final or, like I say, winning something. But 10th um, is not going to be too bad. We expect to to fall away at some point because um, we just haven't, especially if we end up losing three or four players this window, um, we are we are going to fall, fall away. And obviously teams like Villa don't seem to be going anywhere at the minute and they just seem to be up there and they're, you know, not... Um, falling down at all so I, I i wouldn't be too disappointed with 10th i think anything lower i would be but especially as we've been up up there again for pretty much um most of the season really so um 
but then you know we could end up losing games like we could end up losing to you on Thursday, um, which I'm you know fifty fifty on whether how that's going to turn out, um, and then we could end up turning City over at um, the Etihad. So it's just how West Ham are really. Of course, we this season are playing a very high press um, and. Rather than what we were doing earlier on in the season, which was passing around a lot and very, very slow build-up play, it's now a lot more direct with that high press from the start. How do you think West Ham will cope with that? Well, we saw against Villa, who play, you know, such a high line as well, and we got battered 4-1 there, and it could have been a lot more. Um, So there is always that worry. I mean, we obviously play with a low block. Um, very defensive, etc., and, and teams do find it hard to break us down. Um, some teams just can't, like Chelsea. You know, they they just can't seem to break teams down with a low block. Um, I do worry, like I say, the pace of uh, Savanki. I do kind of find it strange that teams don't, with such a high line, they don't put balls in over the top or or through for for players to run onto. Um, you know, we're playing such a high line. You know, if you if you had someone like Antonio, then I'd I'd be going for that tactic of just you know either putting balls over the top. If you can time your run properly, um, we've you've got every chance. Um, but you know, Solanke and I think you've got a couple like Cliver, etc. You know, if you've got any pacey players there, then I I do worry that um, our backline not going to be able to keep up with. And you know, Solanke's in hell of a form as well. Yeah. You know he's going to be looking for another another goal or two, so it does worry me the high line. If we play it like we did against Villa, then you know we're in for a tonking. He was linked with West Ham, of course, Solanke. Um, I'm sure you probably would have been quite happy with the signing. Do you know what I've I've never I've kind of looked at his stats before this season, and it wasn't it something like three in. Um, one in every 20 games or something. It was something ridiculous. Yeah, it was, you know, right um, at the start. He was scoring like three or four a season, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, he obviously didn't have the right manager, you know, and he's now got that and he's given him so much confidence. When we were linked with him in the summer, it was like 40, 50 million. And I thought, for guys, you know, he probably, he obviously offers a lot more than than scoring. Yeah. He does, does a lot more than that. But I thought, is he is he going to be worth that much for a player who's, who's got one in 20? Um but that would be an absolute snip or a bargain, uh, you know, if we were to go for him now. And I think he would probably be a great replacement for for Antonio. But what Bournemouth are going to want is going to be silly money, I think. I think really what, where Solanke come into his own was, and I, this sounds really stupid for me to say this, but was the two seasons we were in the championship, when we got relegated, I think it actually did him a massive favour for his actual career. Because those two seasons, you know, he come into his own and then has come back into the Premier League and hit the ground running. Um, and like and he, say, really get, he really gets injured as well, doesn't he? Which is that, great. He's he's never never been injury prone. Um, I can't even remember the last time he was injured. I think he missed a game um, last season uh, <laughs> with, you know, but then he was straight back. Um, you know, and he, he, he doesn't go, he doesn't go flying into tackles either. No, so, you know, disciplinary is very good as well. 
And I think you have to kind of look at that side of things as well and think, you know, is that could be an, uh, potentially another extra five, 10 million on top, you know, because he never gets injured. He's always available. But what he does as well is he pulls this the ball back for Cliver, for Billing. Um, Phil Billing's fantastic player. You know, those two work really Another well. Another player we've been linked with as well. Yeah. Um, and there's rumours doing the rounds today that Eddie's coming in for him. So touch okay. wood, that doesn't happen. Um, there is also rumours. And believe it or not, it was quite funny. Um, I was speaking to Alan Pardew um a couple of weeks back about this and i spoke about eddie howe and it was a case of i could see him coming in for phil billing mm-hmm. and offering callum wilson as bait effectively um and it seems like that that is a something that is doing the rounds now whether or not there's any truth in that who knows um it's... Well, would you take would you take callum wilson back He's, he's obviously no. on a lot more money than he was at, at Bournemouth. Um, and you've obviously got Dom Solanke playing up there. So is he is he going to get much game time? I would say he's... Kiefer Moore, at this moment in time, you know, I just don't feel that he's quick enough. Um, I don't feel that we play to his strengths, you know, getting the ball into the air, onto his head. So Callum Wilson would definitely, without a shadow of doubt, get game time whether or not it be with Solanke um, or coming on from the bench. But um, I wouldn't bring him back if it's a swap for billing. You know, even if it's a swap for billing and a bit of money as well coming from Newcastle, I still wouldn't do it because I think Phil Billing, he's a confidence player, but he does so much. Again, he's a bit like Solanke. He's, he's, a, bit, he's a bit underrated, isn't he? He is, yeah. Um, And I think at Huddersfield, they didn't really see, you know, the best of him. Because, but playing in that role just behind Solanke, where he's pairing up with him and, you know, will retrieve the ball back. He's not particularly great in the air, but he's got a lot, lot better. That Mm. was one of the first things that I noticed about him when he first joined was, yeah, we signed this six foot four forward uh well midfielder um kind of advanced midfielder and you know he's useless in the air but he's got a lot better but it's what he does with his feet and you know i think he's a fantastic player so i'd rather keep billing at this moment in time than have callum wilson back but then again touch wood you know solanke like you say isn't injury prone if he does get an injury though we've got problems because we've got to either play Semenyo in that role, who is able to do it, but is kind of untested at this level. Um, or well, Keith Moore, Keith he's Moore. terrible. Yeah, I just don't feel that, you know, I, I like Kiefer Watt for what he did at the end of the championship season. You know, he was instrumental in getting the club over the line. Is he a Premier League player? Unfortunately, I don't think he is. His pace isn't there. Um, he's a target man. The perfect club for him, Lewis, would be Everton. Mm-hmm. Everton, get the balls into the box, get his head on it. You know, he'd probably score quite a few there. But the way we play is just not his style. And you've either got to go with one way or the other 
And if we adapt the team for Kiefer Moore, you know, I think that the whole basis of what Iriola has built up will just kind of go by the wayside. So, your manager must see something in him, though, because he's, you know, there's no talk of him going in January, and you'd think a club within the championship would be coming in for him in January, but. I wonder if it is because he thinks that he's the only option of backup. Um, you know, I would fully expect him to go in the summer. Um, there has been links, um, but those links have been championship clubs. Um, whether or not he's reluctant to go to the championship, who knows? But I don't think, you know, and this is it. It hurts me to say this because he's done so much. But, you know, I don't think with his pace and the way we play, this is the right club for him anymore. You know, it probably was under Scott Parker. It was in the Championship. Yeah. It isn't. A Bournemouth in the Premier League under Iriola isn't the right club for him. Well, as long as you don't get Callum Wilson before Thursday, because he's got a great record against us. So if he does come back, <laughs> as long as it's, you know, next season, because he scores for fun against us. Yeah, I remember that uh, 4-3 win um, right. up there, you know. Your first season up, wasn't it? It, it, it was, was. second or third game in. It was, you know, and you tore us to shreds. Yeah, it was It was the first win in the Premier League. So we remember that one quite well. Uh, quite fond of that one. But, Lewis, I ask every guest who comes on this show, you know what I'm going to ask. It's Prediction. predictions time. <laughs> um, we've had three people bet against their own team. Are you going to be the fourth or are you going to go for a West Ham win? I'm going to be the fourth. I'm going to go, unfortunately, I'm a I'm a very pessimistic fan. Um, that's only because, you know, apart from our season winning that trophy, you know, I've seen us blow um, so many games and, and semi-finals and finals, etc. So um, I actually think Bournemouth will win 3-1, I think. Um, I think you've got a very good chance. I think Solanke's on fire, like I say. Um, and I think if you turn up um, with your passing, because um, it's a completely different game to you know start of the season when we we drew one one, um, you know you're you've got a brand new manager come in the players don't know which how he wants to play and you know he's obviously tried to install that over the summer but it's taken a, a lot a bit while longer, um, but I I just think um, hopefully you know Caduce will be back from Afcon which is great. Um, so we have got a chance with, with him, and if Paqueta comes back as well, then that's great. Um, we have got certainly a chance because we we don't really score that many goals when they're missing. But I just think Bournemouth are gonna gonna you know probably pay back for that four 0 last season. And I hate betting against my club. Sometimes it's reverse psychology. I do it because um, I back against us. I never bet on it. I just back against us, and we end up winning. So, but I'm happy to be proved wrong if we're winning. So. Yeah. But my prediction will be 3-1 Bournemouth. How about you? I've tried that before, reverse psychology. And, uh, you know, it's, it seems to be that, you know, I get it right at that point. Um, but I'm not going to bet against my own team. Um, I think we are in decent form. You know, we've had a couple of hiccups. We've had the Liverpool game, the Spurs game. Would I call them hiccups? I don't know whether or not really you could. They're bonus games for me. Um, but, you know, I feel that there is, you know, the window will be closed. 
and I think you know the players will want to prove a point. Um, I do think that James Ward-Prowse is going to score a free kick against us. That would not surprise me one bit. I'm going to go a little bit closer, though, than what you th- you think, Lewis. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. And I reckon Solanke, and I think Cliver is playing some of the best football he's ever played in his entire career here. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. But we shall see. We shall see. Um, you know, and who knows? The reverse psychology might work, Lewis. It might do. I'll let hope so. Would you... <laughs> I mean, coming back to you, I mean, would you be worried that you're going to lose your manager next year, potentially? Or do you think he's here for a good couple of years? Do you know what? After the Everton game, I was like, well, you know, <laughs> there's me going on about Jesse Marsh and how I don't think his style is going to adapt into the English league. And like I say, football fans are fickle. I'm fickle um, because I am now very, very worried. I even think that he is probably a perfect fit for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hope no, I'm, I'm hoping that none of the directors at Liverpool are listening to this, but one thing as well that is come out is that Liverpool are after Richard Hughes, who of course is our director of football yeah. and who was responsible for sacking Gary O'Neill and bringing in Areola. So, which was a harsh decision at the time, wasn't it? Gary O'Neill. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was. I was. Yeah, you'd have probably been happy for him to stay on, wouldn't you? I would have been delighted for Gary O'Neill to stay on. I think he did a fantastic job, considering, you know, I know he's, you know, played for West Ham, but Scott Parker, after. And one thing with Scott Parker, you know, going back to the memories, you know, of the season we actually went up, there was a lot of games where, you know, we should have been beating teams like Peterborough, Derby, Reading. Um, you know, the, these teams, you know, we should have been beating, you know, teams in the lower end of the table. Um, Rotherham was another one where we just just seemed devoid of ideas, you know, or he would make these substitutions, you know, against Reading at home. We should have been about 5-0 up. And then what he's done is he's changed the whole formation. And we was lucky to escape with a one-all draw in the end. So it was a very, very negative, you know, his sort of style. And Gary O'Neill got the team playing forwards a little bit. But again, the football wasn't particularly great. You know, I'm the first to admit that. I'm a big advocate of Gary O'Neill. You know, he's a lovely, lovely man. And, you know, I met him personally. And I thought, you know, he speaks so well. But was the football that great to watch? No, not particularly there was one one or two glimmers like against Leeds when Mm. we beat Leeds 4-1 you know that was a great performance when we beat Spurs 3-2 up there um but you know as as you saw last season you know the 4-0 capitulation um you know and we were terrible last season you know even Mm. coming up to that game you know we were we were struggling to to stay up really you know we've you know, we had to really get some wins together because there was a potential we were going to go down. So I was very surprised to see that that result last season. Well, I was gutted that day that, you know, Gary O'Neill was sacked. But knowing a little bit about Spanish football and Vallecano, I thought, actually, with Iriola, that makes sense. It was a case of, I think, that the board thought, 
if we don't do it now, we're not going to get him. And he's just a he's a quality manager. Of course, we didn't see that at first, but you know, it's now all come together. And, you know, it's a delight to watch. It's completely different. It's probably more towards Eddie Howe's style of football. And, right. you know, it's it's remarkable. You know, it's just beautiful. I don't think, in fact, I think, dare I say this, this could be, uh, you know, considered as uh, blasphemy here, but could it, could it be classed as better than Eddie's football? Quite potentially so. I think I think another thing for me is the um, uh, our pitch is so big. Um, Man City love coming to our stadium because because of, of the pitch. You know they can pass it around for fun. And I think another thing tomorrow that could be an issue. Uh, Thursday that could be an issue with with your passing because obviously that's what you're all about. Yeah. And you've got a great size pitch there to to do all that. And I think you know you could really wear us out with your passing because, like I say, Man City. You know they tear us apart home and away, especially at our ground. So we'll have to see. Uh, yeah, see how it goes. Yeah, most definitely. Well, Lewis, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us, and mm-hmm. no doubt we'll catch up later on in the season and also next season as well. I'm sure we'll we'll be here. Yeah, of course, mate. Yeah, please do. And you know, if you want me to come back on, you know, during the, this season and again next season, yeah, please give me a shout. It's been great. Yep, not a problem at all. It's been a pleasure, Lewis. All right, Craig. Take care, mate. Cheers, mate. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. Please remember to hit the like, the subscribe, the bell button below to be alerted to any new videos we do here on Up the Cherries in all departments. Please do also check out our recent interviews. We did have Peter Hooten from the farm all together now. Um, Of course, we've also had Damon Minchella as well on this show. Um, That was last season. He's an Everton fan, believe it or not. So we've had Liverpool and Everton musicians. Um, And we've also had somebody from the call centre who supports Swansea recently. So do go and watch all those interviews as well. And do remember, we did have Chris Akabusi on this very very show so go and watch chris's interview as well of course it was a great laugh absolute pleasure and a gentleman as well chris is so do go and check it out but until the next show up the cherries and we'll see you well in the next one yeah in the next one i'm getting used to these thursday nights now see well not really but But let's hope that we can get the three points at the London Stadium. See you in the next video. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.